Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Reflections on Black Mirror, the podcast that takes an episode of Black Mirror and casts reflections on it. And doing it with me is my friend Dan S. Hi, Dan. Good evening. Yeah, another different introduction there. Yeah, you're doing well. Do you actually have a script that you read from? No. Or do you just... <laughs> no, do you know what? I should get one and just record it and then just play it. I'm waiting for the day that you do your casting views, normal one, uh, not well, the casting reviews. The thing is, that was the same one, but I just managed to change it to casting reflections at the right time. That is, that uh, well, is the one. Well, well done. Anyway, you okay? Yeah, good, thank you. This is our second recording in two days, so we're we're almost at a level of binge watching now, aren't we, now that it's uh, over a festive period? Peek behind the curtain, yeah, it's very festive <laughs> viewing with this play, these Black Mirror episodes, isn't it? But it feels like two very different episodes, and I mean, we'll get stuck into it, but I, I'll say it up front, I enjoyed this episode. I didn't texture it, but I liked it. For me, it felt like a mashup of three other episodes, but we'll, we'll come on to that. But the episode in question is season four, episode two, Archangel, written by Charlie Brooker. And did you know it was directed by Jodie Foster? I knew today when I saw her on the end credits or the starting bit, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. That, that is cool, isn't it? I mean, we've seen a lot of big names here in it. And of course, we had the two people from The Office direct an episode, didn't we? But yeah, Jodie Foster directing this feels like it would have been a real, a real coup for him at the time. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Released on 29th December 2017. Uh, only need to mention three of the cast members, really, because there's only, well, there's really only two characters as such, I'd say. You've got Rosemary DeWitt as Marie Sambrell, the mother. You've got Brenna Harding as Sarah Sambrell, the daughter, but I will say the older one, and that will come apparent after, and Owen Teague as Trick. Before we get into the synopsis, because I think there's a lot to talk about outside of it, is there anything around the, the episode, uh, sort of not over no, the spoiler? No, as we say, we'll discuss it when we, we kind of get into it. But I found this one quite thought-provoking, as I do have children myself, and I kind of, yeah. it makes me think about that aspect. But we'll obviously touch upon that as, as we kind of discuss it. And I was going to ask you about that about sort of the difference and, and having kids. But yeah, let, let's go through it and then that'll all become apparent why, why I was saying that. So again, spoilers for Season 4, Episode 2, Archangel. So the episode starts off with the character Marie uh, having birth by C-section. She seems upset at herself that she couldn't do it naturally. The baby's born, they, the doctors take it away. But the first thing that hit me, because again, I couldn't remember watching this episode initially, was the baby's not crying and that worries her and she starts asking, is everything okay, is everything okay? Then after about 20 seconds, the baby starts crying and you can see, of course, she seems relieved now. Cut to a few years later and the baby, Sarah, is now three years old and she is being looked after by a grandfather, which again is an important point to come to later. Her mum, Marie, collects her to take her to the park and they pass a barking dog and she looks scared, and so they cross the road and gets to the park. She's watching, uh, Marie's watching her, her daughter play, and then she spots another mother and starts talking. Uh, she goes to get Sarah to introduce her to this woman's son, but she can't find her daughter anywhere. So she's obviously concerned, starts screaming, and then cut to a scene of people searching for the child. They eventually find her, 
she'd followed a cat and had fallen down the verge. Then cuts to an office called Archangel, and we are told that thanks to a recommendation, Sarah is going to be part of a trial. And it's a case of fine tuning the subscription model before full release to see what features parents use most. Now, this bit was a bit of a weird bit, wasn't it? And slightly uncomfortable in, in some ways, wasn't it? What, the, the whole Ted testing in the lab? Yeah. Yeah, but there's, there's a few few bits, isn't there, where um, just the whole piloting something on your own child made me feel yeah. uncomfortable. Um, and we've obviously had that fairly recently with discussion about COVID vaccines and would you give that to your children? Yeah. And that's, that felt kind of similar in, in that respect. And then there's, yeah, but actually testing the the features of it, yeah. which, uh, yeah, some of it I kind of quite liked, but some of it freaked me out a little bit, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah. And when I say uncomfortable, so Sarah is placed in front, she's in a chair. It looks almost like a a doctor's, like a, a white sterile room, doesn't it? She's placed on a chair in front of a tablet and is watching cartoons. The person for the company then pulls out this needle and injects something into the side of her head. It's basically there's an implant been put into there. Then back in an office, Marie is given a tablet which is called a parental hub and is then paired with Sarah's implant. And we can see on it then that she can track her daughter anywhere. So there'll be a 3D map with a red dot. If she touches the dot, enters a pin, law enforcement is called automatically. She can track vital signs. So I think at the time they spot that her iron level's low, isn't it? And she goes to the, the mother, yeah, you should give her a supplement. But the biggest thing is that it can relay her optic feed. So ultimately we see what Sarah is seeing in real time. She's then told also that she can apply parental controls to what Sarah actually sees. And this is the first Easter egg. And I actually picked it up. Did you spot what this one was? Where they, they play a violent scene out to her, don't they, of people shooting? Oh, is that from another episode? Yeah, that was from Men Against Fire. Oh, well done, Dan. And you spotted that <laughs> yeah. without Googling it? I spotted that one. I spotted that one. But that's the only one. Uh, when we come <laughs> to there's loads in this and I didn't see any. So you see the scene of the two characters from Men Against Fire on TV shooting, but then the filter's applied and you just see blurriness, So, or, or Sarah only sees blurriness. It cuts through then to sort of a bit of time, and you can see Marie is constantly now keeping a track of, of what the daughter's doing, constantly looking through the, her eyes on the tablet, so much so that she's playing hide-and-seek and she can see everything she sees. We see Sarah going for walks past the or Marie taking Sarah uh, for a walk again past the dog, but there's a filter which masks the sight and sound of the dog, so she's no longer worried. Oh yeah, and sorry, and that's the other key thing because on that, what Marie is told is if anything raises Sarah's blood pressure or heart rate in a scary way, she can apply a filter to that. So it's almost tailoring the censorship. Cut to granddad looking after Sarah while Marie is at work and he has a heart attack and collapses. But because Sarah can't see anything, she's just standing there motionless, isn't she? Just staring at him. And again, yeah. that that was really weird, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that bit felt almost, uh, empty is the wrong word, but it felt uh, it just something inside me, just, it felt a bit empty. Felt empty. But, but yeah. yeah. Or, or like emotionless. It was, it was emotionless, wasn't it? Now, I know she's only three, but yeah, but I think that's the thing we'll come back to. So Marie sees on the tablet that 
Sarah's, I think it was heart rate again or, or anxiety was rising. So she goes home and she sees her dad on the floor, picks him up. He's fine. You see him in the next scene, he's fine. But then it cuts forward a number of years again and we see them at a gravestone. So obviously Marie's father died. You can hear Marie sniffling. But when Sarah looks at her, her, her mother's face is blurred out. So she's she's gone down to the level of trying to take any sadness away from her, hasn't she? So then there's a scene of Sarah drawing a picture at home, but Marie is working and Sarah calls out for her for suggestions to help her. And she just looks at what she's seeing through the tablet and says, you know, because Sarah goes, what color shall I do to hair? Marie looks at the tablet and says, oh, I suggest brunette. This is where it really picks up now and gets interesting. She goes to school and kids are watching a violent video on a tablet, but she can't see it due to the filters. And the boy calls her the walking snitch, which I found, it's funny because that's what kids would do, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kids kids would find a way to bully her with, with that because she's different. She's obviously then caused some kids to be found out for something through not her own fault either. That's the thing. So because she can't see it, the boy who who is tricked starts explaining it to her, but then his speech gets blurred out, which I found was an amazing uh, caveat to, to this whole thing. At home, she starts drawing a picture of a man beaten on the floor, which is what happens in the video, as she draws blood coming out of him, but then the blood in the picture gets blurred out as well. And again, this is just to that nth degree, isn't it? Things then start escalating because she gets so frustrated that she can't see blood and she said to the guy trick that she'd never seen it she sharpens a pencil stabs her finger with it draws blood and then weirdly puts it on her face doesn't she which i wasn't sure about that bit but i wonder if it was just to feel it maybe i, I think know. it's to it's to feel it because I'm, I'm guessing everything she's now been through she just feels numb and the only feeling she's ever had is a positive one and i think that can have a weird effect um on on someone so i think it's Maybe just to feel close to it, but she can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a sensation, maybe. Yeah. Marie runs up because the tablet's alerted her and Sarah slaps her, which is a first sign of her anger and frustration. So the next scene, Sarah's in therapy because I think she's drawn more violent pictures. The mother asks if she may be autistic because of the pictures of violence and the cutting of herself. And the therapist puts it down to her never having experienced violence so he's almost experimenting with it i thought that bit was actually quite interesting because marie naturally blamed everyone other than herself it's like it can't be anything to do with the decisions i've made with this overpowering yeah. Yeah. archangel technology it must be autism and i thought that bit was that bit was quite interesting because then the doctor kind of suggests well, actually archangel was banned it came out of europe and it's going to come out of america soon so he obviously, it's obviously been quite newsworthy. This thing isn't good, but still, she kind of blamed autism and, and not kind of what's been in the news. And but uh, so that one comment, I think, kind of led to quite a few different thoughts for me. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, that's a really good point. It's something I didn't picked up. So yeah, so there must be something wrong with her daughter rather than it being what she's done to the daughter. Yes, yeah, ex exactly. And as you said, a real quick sentence here. The doctor says that, as you said, Archangel was banned in Europe, so it never made it, and that it would be banned in the States within a few months. And he says to her, she can't get rid of the implant, but can throw away the screen, which she tries to do. 
Sarah goes out on her own for the first time without the filters and she sees a dog and she hears a driver swearing as he drives by. Marie lasts five minutes before turning the screen back on, but then off again. And whether you think it's right or wrong, and obviously we'll get onto that, you can absolutely understand that dilemma she's having here, right? Because it's almost an addiction now at this point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's become obsessed by it, hasn't she? Yeah. She sees Trick, and he's been involved in a fight, and he's got a split lip. And then through talking, he realizes that the implant is now switched off. So what's the first thing he does he shows her porn and violent films on on the tablet doesn't he yeah but straight away he wasted no chance in showing her everything that i I like the way he talked her through it as well because he's like you can't get pregnant you can't get pregnant that way and it's it's, it's like the the narrator of of a porn scene is uh yeah so she is now experiencing violence and and other things for the first time so we see time fast forwarding again by her walking past the barking dog multiple times and she's getting older. And then at one point she stops to feed it to, to feed it and talks to it. So again, this was an interesting point because before she was afraid of it and now the dog is, maybe it was just after attention and now she's actually befriended it. Yes. Something yeah. that she was terrified of. Sarah and her friend arranged to meet Trick and some other boys on the beach, but she knows they know their family won't like it, so they make a lie up about going to someone else's house. Marie tries calling Sarah but doesn't get through. She calls the alibi that Sarah had set up and finds out she's been lying. After trying all her contacts to get hold of her, she goes home and switches the tablet back on, puts the optical thing on, and through Sarah's eyes, her mother can now see her that she's having sex with trick and she's obviously distraught of that well she's obviously distraught of that but i thought the other interesting thing was here is that marie had also just been with a guy hadn't she she'd been around the guy's house and she she'd obviously slept with someone and then she's angry at her daughter for doing exactly the same thing because i think she must have lied about where she was going too so they'd literally done the same thing but for some reason for the daughter it's worse than the mother Again, it was a slightly interesting thing here. Now, we see Sarah talking to the boy after they have sex. And he says to her, you don't have to talk like that. And she says, what? And he goes, like the porn stuff. So, again, while that might seem like a throwaway line, it's she's had no experience of it. And I guess she is still quite young. But I guess in her head at that time, she's probably thinking, that's what I've got to do. Because she's got to that age without knowing what it is. Yeah. And and I um, found that a really interesting line. And we've got to assume that every conversation about sex or growing up, like, that's too old for her, would have been completely blurred out. So that, you're right, so that porn video might be her only experience of what it should be like. Yeah. Sarah gets home and continues to lie to her mother. And Sarah then meets up with Trick again. And he's, it's implied that he's selling drugs and she wants to try some. So they start to experiment with it just at that point marie's tablet alerts because sarah's heart rate's going and she sees sarah taking drugs now what's funny about this scene for me and i'll make a note here is marie is looking at the tablet and it's just like um, the entire history of you isn't it where she she goes through all the memories to find who this boy is so she's using a fancy tablet it's fancy technology with a chip in her daughter's brain She's in front of this fancy looking computer monitor. But in the background, I spotted two egg timers. 
which I found really, you know, like the big sand hourglasses, sorry, not egg times, big hourglasses. I found it quite funny that in a technological scene like that, she had a couple of hourglasses in the, in the background. Very good spot. So, yep, she finds the face of Trick and uses an application called Face Seeker to find out who he is. She confronts him at his work and we then find out that Sarah's 15 and on her phone, he's showing her footage of them having sex and she threatens to show the police of him if he ever goes near her again. And at this point, he's obviously surprised himself that the system's still on. So, him, you know, Sarah and him thought it was, it's been off all this time. Sarah tries to contact Trick, but he ignores her. And she then confronts him and he continues to reject her. We then see Marie get an alert. But we don't see what it is, but it makes her put her head in her hands. She then goes to a pharmacy and the next morning we see her making a smoothie for her daughter and puts a crushed tablet in it. Next day at school, we see Sarah feels sick. She leaves class and a nurse says that she had to run some tests because I think they were having norovirus. And it wasn't anything other than the emergency contraceptive pill that made her sick for the pregnancy. Sarah's obviously confused. She says, I'm not pregnant. But the nurse says it's okay, the pill will work and will have terminated the pregnancy. So pretty shocking revelation here that the mum knows something. I thought, I got the impression that Sarah thought that she was pregnant. And her mum, because like you said, we didn't see the scene where that alert came from. I just assumed that she'd looked at a pregnancy test or something along those lines and realised she was pregnant. But you think it's more a medical alert that popped up and Sarah didn't know about it. Yeah, I think she didn't know about it. I think it's oh, the okay. yeah the vital signs showing something in her body had changed. Yeah, okay. Sarah obviously then starts putting two and two together. She goes home, finds the tablets in her. Uh, she finds the tablets that the mum has given her, and then she also finds the tablet itself in her mum's bed and sees everything she has been seeing. Sarah confronts her mother, and I've. I've put here in brackets cool scene because Marie logs onto the tablet and she sees herself from behind, doesn't she? So her daughter's standing right behind her. And I really that like that. That was a bit horror filmish, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Sarah snatches the tablet out of her mum's hand and starts attacking her violently, as in, you know, sort of hitting her mum around the face with it. But because it's now got violent, Sarah can't see this. So she's just hitting her mum, hitting her mum, her mum's on the floor. And then the tablet starts breaking and she stops and she sees her mother's beaten face. She runs out of the house. Marie wakes up, grabs a smashed tablet and tries to find Sarah, but she's gone. And the tablet now dies, meaning that she's now got no contact with her. And we then see Sarah hitchhiking because she's leaving home. So that is the episode distilled down. There is a lot in that episode, isn't there? There is a hell of a lot, yeah. Talk to me about it. Well, <laughs> you actually covered all the bullet points that I um, made, um, which was which was quite good. Let's start with the technology itself when it starts. And I, I kind of understand Marie's reason why she got the Archangel thing, because that, that thought of losing a child when they're so young and they toddle off or they walk off is a parent's worst fear. And I think every parent has probably been through a moment where just for a second they lose track of where their child is and, you know, your heart kind of drops and um, and you, you fear the worst. So that part of it, tracking location, I think is a really cool feature. Um, and I've often thought about 
you know, you get the Apple Pods, the AirPods, not AirPods, AirTags. And I often thought if I take the kids to like a busy place, I might just stick one of them in their back pocket just to kind of, in, in case the worst happens um, and, and they wander off or, or we lose where we are or something along those lines. So I kind of get that. But everything else about it, I just don't like. <laughs> it's just such... And I think when Sarah gets to different ages, it, it becomes even more unacceptable. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a sliding scale. When she gets older, it becomes more, un- becomes more unacceptable. Like the whole seeing what she sees, I kind of get for a three-year-old, but not... No, I don't get it as a three-year-old, but it's even worse as like um, when, when she gets older. So that part is bad <laughs> is is very bad i think and the whole blocking out of bad things as well I, I think that's just there's only so much you can wrap a child up in cotton wool and i think sometimes at children as they grow up they just have to experience things and be scared of the right things and, and that, that helps them grow and i think what kind of where you kind of saw that was the changes with the dog um, that we're walking past so she originally became scared then blocked it out, and then when it came when it came back again, the dog was horrific and was she was really scared again. But then she naturally evolved to be not scared of a dog and eventually became friends of it. And I think sometimes as a child growing up, you just need to experience those things, and that, that's part of your learning. And if you live such a sheltered life, it's not going to help you in latter life. Yeah, and and this was the interesting one, and that's why sort of glad I've got you on this one because I don't have kids so I couldn't put myself in that headspace it's easy to say yeah of course I don't want to want to track them but it's like you said it there's got to be a sliding scale so at three I get it at five I get it maybe up to like eight or so I get it but then when she's like especially when she's at secondary school there's got to be an element then of surely you've got to start backing off and especially as a daughter doesn't know when the mum, because it's not like a little thing appears in her eyesight to say your mum's watching you. It's voyeurism, isn't it? It's she doesn't know. Same thing when well, we talked about it on the entire history of you, isn't didn't we? Where it's kind of like social media stalking that someone doesn't know that you're stalking their profile or you're looking at your memories in that particular episode. So you just kind of abuse it because it's silent. And I think you'd kind of get to a point with this as you become obsessive with it. And because you, know that they don't know you're watching you'd be more inclined to do it but like you said if it popped up with a notification says above way your mum's watching this you would never ever turn it on unless she'd like been missing for like two days or, or something yeah. along those lines like it was real danger you, you would never do it because at that point the person knows you're you're following them because that's the thing it's like i get it if it was you're doing it in extreme circumstances but she was she was looking at it like it was youtube or Netflix she was constantly watching it whether she was on the swing in the garden where she could see her it just feels like yeah it's it then became an obsession and what then started leading me thinking about and actually we then we kind of started discussing it during the, the synopsis is how does that affect you growing up because as you said she's not seen anything sexual she's not seen anything violent what level is it? So if she's watching The Simpsons, does it cut a lot of that out because there's violence in The Simpsons? Exactly. TV she also, shows. She also becomes isolated as well, right? Because all the kids will be talking about these things that they see, where they've pushed the boundaries and watched an episode of The Simpsons or watched a superheroes thing and they start talking about it and she's now not part of those conversations. 
And like you said, the kid labelled her a walking snitch. And, you know, she becomes, her social skills would suffer as a result. And, you, you know, you kind of see what it did to her when she just wanted to feel something. So she started stabbing herself because she just wanted to feel what it felt like. The irony is the mum has made her into what she didn't want her to become by yeah. protecting her. Yeah, exactly. Because intrigue then takes over, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's one of these one of these topics we could probably talk about for hours on end. Because even as a friend, like the walking snitch, again, you, you can laugh that off as a funny comment, but if you knew her, surely you then start double-checking everything you're doing in front of her. Let's put it this way. We're on a video call at the moment, right? Or just at any video call, any phone call between me and you. If we knew someone else was listening, we would talk very, very differently on that phone call. Not because we're talking about anything evil or bad. We just would. It's just human nature. We would just behave differently if you know one of our parents was listening to the phone call. We wouldn't talk. Yeah. We wouldn't talk yeah. the same way. Well, I'd, uh... I'd like to say there's about two thousand people listening to this conversation. <laughs> but I don't think it's that, that many. That's, <laughs> that's what. That's why I changed the topic from this particular episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to just a normal phone call. I know, and and that's the thing. So, could you ever be friends with someone? I mean, I'm not saying that everything you do is going to be illegal or, or something that you wouldn't want it, but it's not even about even, illegal, is it? It's no, just, yeah, it's like it's weird. It'd be weird. It's weird. But like, just touching upon this podcast, we're probably talking differently now to, because we know people are going to listen to this to how we might talk if we aren't recording it, and it's just human nature, isn't it? So. Yeah, I just think you would struggle to be friends with that person if you yeah. knew someone was listening. Yeah, like, you know, I'm not saying I don't have it in the episodes, but I try where possible not to have swear words or profanity. You know, if you started swearing your head off, I'd, I'd allow some of it. Um, <laughs> but, but you but you are right. And could you imagine, it's not even like, so say it's you, you've got the chip in your head, right? And I'm talking about another friend of ours who's done something wrong or is is getting in trouble. I can't tell you that because it's then going to yeah. get back. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's a real it's a real conundrum, isn't it? It's it's, it's horrible, and and you start thinking about everything she wouldn't have experienced. So I thought, and and again, I do remember the episode, but you know, it was a bit hazy. So in my head, it'd be almost like um. Have you seen the film? Have you seen Kick-Ass? Ages and ages ago. I couldn't, can't recall okay. much of the storyline. Yeah, so in that, the kid, he gets into a fight, gets injured, so he can't feel pain. So he then just starts going into fights all the time. And I thought maybe that's maybe what she might do, that put herself into scenarios of danger to get that rush or to see what might happen. And you, But you could equally see that happen, right? Yeah, definitely. Sure, yeah, you'd almost become a bit more rebellious trying to push for boundary as far as you could, wouldn't you? Yeah. So kind of want to come back to, and again, only as much as you kind of want to say about the fact that you've got kids. Now, there was, a, again, a line the grandfather at the start says to his daughter, says to Marie, I remember the days where you just let your kids out the front door and just let them play. And kind of how do you see it? Because you're in that middle ground now, aren't you, that, sort of you're of an age that I'm sure when you were a kid you just went out and did what you want but now we see all the horror stories all this we've got the technology like find my phone air tags etc when your kids are going to get a bit older 
it's hard to say now, but where do you think you're going to be on that that line? Because it is a different That's time a, as well. Let's say that it's, it is a different time, and I I also think our availability of information um, as well also scares us. So if we think back to a generation, think back a generation, we might not have heard about all the child goes missing stories that you might get on the news today. It might doesn't mean they've decreased or increased. It just means it's more available and it kind of makes you think a bit more and probably gives you anxiety because you read these stories, you're like, I can't ever imagine that happening to me. And then you go over the top with, you know, looking after your children. So I think the increase of information has made anxiety higher in, in things like this. Like I took my boy to a Tottenham game don't know what it was like sort of 30, 40 years ago where you take your child to a football game, but I felt like when we weren't in our seats, I had to be holding his hand just in case he got separated and he doesn't have a phone, so it's not like we could ring each other to kind of get in touch. But every time you're walking somewhere, I'm grabbing his hand and making sure he's not going anywhere, not because there's evil people around, but just because he might get lost. It's so easy, and and in a a football crowd like that, it'd be almost impossible to find him for a while. Exactly. And it's that sort of situation where I thought, oh, quite good if an air tag was in his pocket. You know, I, I feel like I'm a fairly responsible parent and, I, you know, the chances of it happening are so, so, so slim. But actually just having that air tag in his pocket might help my anxiety about it rather than um, the chance of it actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, I don't know if we hear more horror stories because there is more horror stories or whether it's just because we have the ability to hear them. I think causes a problem because if you think about it now you've got ring doorbells that capture everything you've got nanny cams that you can put into kids toys in 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 their rooms to to see on them we've all we've had for years but you've got the two-way um what they called you know the baby monitors you have got phones that have got find my phone you know you can now more than ever keep an eye on people more than ever and this does feel like the next evolution of it doesn't it now it's, it's funny you say find my phone because um my family have find my phone um, and we all have like each other's locations on it and um my nan used to have have it as well and she used to she used to stalk us like everywhere we would go like and she used to like to come and watch us play tennis and there was definitely been occasions where I'd gone and played a tennis match and not told her. And I'd get a text that night saying, why didn't you tell me you were playing tennis today? I would have come around and watched. And it's, it, we, I don't, I, I don't think the rest of my family really, you, sometimes we use it for, if we're meeting up, we want to see how far someone is away. And I think that's okay. I don't think we use it for stalking um, purposes. Well, I don't, maybe my family do. I don't know. Um, but, but it's, <laughs> but yeah, my nan used to go, um, over the top of it let's say right, that's interesting because I, yeah i don't think i've ever used it there's kind of no need but i, I feel i want to use it for you because you were 62 seconds late to this recording unfortunately unfortunately it's just um lateral movement you wouldn't have got me going up and down <laughs> <Yeah>. the stairs <laughs> but something i wrote down here is based on the episode this one instance it feels like she has grown a child rather than raising a child, hasn't she? She's yeah, molded is the word yeah, for yeah. isn't it? Molded yeah, there a child you go. Yeah, how she wants because she's just um, watching. She's not parenting. Like the scene where she's drawing a picture 
and she calls out to her mum to say what colour hair. The mum doesn't go to look at it. She doesn't get involved. She just looks at a tablet and says, brunette. That's it. So, yeah, it's just watching. It's just... And again, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you, but I can only imagine the horror as a parent when you then log on and, and when she sees her, her daughter having sex with that. Like, yeah. But there, she there, continues there, there's to def- still watch it. There is an age where that becomes... Un- it, you know, it starts off, that, that whole life thing, I think it starts off being bad and then it, she must reach an age where it becomes unacceptable. I don't know mm. where that line is. But yeah, I just imagine if they, they had to, they installed it two way, and the daughter had like an iPad yeah. of her, her her vision on it as well. That would be the only way you could almost limit. So if you agreed to have somebody do that, that that would be the only way of having a fail safe in there, wouldn't it? Because you, you've then got that risk. I think I think the only way this technology can work is if it's installed. But the daughter, Sarah, name isn't it? Sarah. Yeah. She pushes a button when she needs help, and all of a sudden that switches it on. Notification comes on the phone. Yeah. I'm in danger. You can now see what I'm seeing. So it's completely in Sarah's control when she lets someone else into her world. Or you almost have the opposite, where you push a button and it shuts it off for like fifteen minutes or, or half an hour or something. You have a, a timer on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It's also quite interesting, isn't it, when she kind of gets home after spending the night with that guy and she goes through that dilemma, doesn't she? She almost wants to confront her daughter, but she also doesn't want to tell her why she wants to confront her daughter. You know, it's a whole situation when you might read your partner's text messages and see something you don't like. It's that situation. It's like, do I get angry about this or can I be angry and just accept that I've done something wrong and actually looked at that person's phone? Well, it's that, it's that classic thing, thing that you see in TV shows where somebody's got a, a valid reason to be angry with someone, but because they've done something wrong to get that information, yes. they're then in the wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not... it's exactly that, isn't it? And you, you can only bite your tongue for so long, can't you? you how how do you know out. I did that? Because I switched the thing back on after I told you I hadn't switched <laughs> it on and I saw it. <laughs> but it's not about me. <laughs> uh, it, it just, yeah, the moral, the moral dilemma of this, moral implications. And... And the fact that you can't then, I mean, of course you put, you wouldn't be able to, but the fact that it's a non-removable, you can't take that chip out the head like it said at the end. It's everything else we've seen up till now, I think, other than Men Against Fire, but that was more like brainwashing and hypnotism, has all been removable tech, hasn't it? Whereas this is is permanent. Yeah, agreed. And you, you're right, Sarah would have probably got to like 60, 15, 16 and decided, I'm taking this out now. Um I'm done. What did you tell me your feelings on uh, on the emergency contraception? Yeah, I mean, how wrong is that? The, the fact that she did it and without her, her telling her. I always think yeah. that was the worst thing she did in the entire yeah, yeah. In, in the entire episode was to almost spike. Well, she spiked her drink, didn't she, and made a decision yeah. on her behalf. I thought that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely was. And you think, well. What's to stop her in the future doing other things? That that level of that level of control, and you don't know she might have been in that situation with an unwanted pregnancy because of the upbringing that she's had and not being yeah. parented properly, like you just said. So it's yeah, but it's, yeah, it's could... like you said, it's it's that control at that point. Then it's almost like it's not her daughter; it's a thing she is she's molding, is growing, is controlling. It's it's yeah. I mean, it's shocking, isn't it? 
like playing The Sims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of other things I wanted to say about this. So, like, the other thing is the whole Face Seeker application, which I found interesting. But there is something like that now, I think. that There is the a program where, yeah. Yeah, where it can find, you can put a picture of someone, it can find all pictures of them on the net. So, I mean... Again, this is six years ago, so probably wasn't then, but that must have been horrifying at the time. But, you know, we're looking at it in a in a futuristic program, but that element of it is there. And and again, it's it's about this whole lack of privacy now. Now, some would argue if you're putting your pictures on the net, that's your own fault and you, you waive the right to that. But people are doing it in it all innocence. But you see what she did? She did it to track someone down to have a go at him and threaten him for something that she shouldn't know was happening. I think people need to be better educated on privacy on, on the web. Like it's, It doesn't take too much to completely lock down your social media so only your friends can see it. And that would make your photos a lot more un, unshareable. But I think, you're, I think you're right. I think I think even on Google, you can do reverse image searches and just stick an image in and it brings up any news article or anything with... with with that imaging so it is pretty scary what's already out there and what you can do but again it's that whole control she's got because she's never the daughter's never mentioned this guy so she's never seen him but she was able to go threaten him and also you, i think you kind of get that into today's world like even before this technology is there you, you would probably get overprotective parents trying to scare off potential partners because there might be a bad influence Sometimes you just got to let people make their mistakes, don't you? Yeah. And, and and live through that rather than be forced to, to cut it off before they have a chance to learn for themselves. Yeah. I mean, again, and this is where I've got to put my hands up, don't have kids, but you'd think it would be, look, go live your life, but talk to me about anything. Let me know. You know, if there's something bad, talk to me up front. Be, you know, let's be honest, rather than just cut everything out. And, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Bizarre. You do get that sometimes with parents. As long as they're not putting their lives in danger or in serious harm, sometimes you do think, you know what, I'm going to let them fall over there and then it'll learn. (laughs) And and I think that that's a less serious thing of what what we're talking about. It's just let let her date that guy, let her live through it. As long as she's not putting herself in serious harm, then let her live through the experience. The other thing is like, it was her mum dictating what she could or couldn't see. But also what, if something happened to the mum, what if the tablet broke? The daughter would have this permanently. Yeah, especially if Archangel's closing down and there's no support for it. Yeah, yeah that she hasn't patched it or, or anything. Yeah. Because this was it. So I said to you, I think I said to you before we recorded that critics actually quite mixed on this. So I'm not, get, not getting to the score bit yet, but critics were quite mixed and, and they were criticising certain things. I think they were saying it's quite blunt, it's quite to the point. I think one of the criticisms was they didn't explore some of the themes enough, which I get it, but this was already what? It was just under an hour long, so unless you're going to make it two hours or whatever. But one I found interesting was critics didn't like that the privacy thing, like some of the things that were in this tablet, this this tech would never have been allowed. But I argue that, and, and maybe you can think back of things, but I argue that that maybe they've missed a point there. And, you know, obviously I'm not a TV critic, but it said at the start that this is a trial, right? And they were trying to see what things parents used more of. So to mm. me, I had the impression that this is almost like the full version. Yeah. 
you test it out for us. But now it's got shut down. She's got access to the complete, you know, so... And, and she, she mentioned she got it for free as well, didn't she? Because yes. Because it was a trial. Yeah. Um, so it, it sounded like she got the premium package, which might usually be overpriced for her. And she was able to pick and choose what features she wanted. So I think the whole thing about, yeah, privacy wouldn't allow, wouldn't be allowed, but that's what they were working on. That's what they were iterating. A couple of other things. So I saw it as a mashup of the entire history of you, yeah. Men Against Fire and White Christmas with the blurring out of people. I think it was a blend. It's interesting to see how he's taking some of the tech, uh, Charlie Brooks is, and changing it and, and putting it into different themes because it, it kind of felt like it was all focusing on those those bits of tech. He has said the main theme of the episode is helicopter parenting. Brooker took inspiration in how protective he felt following the birth of his children. And Jodie Foster, having been raised by a single mother, had many views which influenced the script and she was given control of casting. Prior to having children, Brooker thought negatively of content restrictions designed for children, but he was concerned by his three-year-old son seeing a horror movie trailer after he left him alone with YouTube on autoplay. He was also concerned by thoughts of his children seeing an accident or hearing profanity in their day-to-day life. Now, again, actually, I want to throw that at you, again, if you want to answer that. So, Yeah, YouTube is an absolute nightmare um, for things like this because it is so easy for a child to just be watching a you might be just watching a completely innocent child uh, video and the next thing he's watching is something completely inappropriate. So actually I've taken YouTube off all my devices for that very reason. Okay. He's, he's just he's just saying because one thing one video leads to another and it's yeah it's not it's not great. Um so the only things I'd let my kids watch on tablets or phones or TV is Netflix through the kids age bracket and let the age restriction work there and Disney Plus do the same thing because I think the internet is dangerous for finding stuff and it is you know it is easy everything just feels like it's just two or three clicks away right yeah but a bit about profanity so you mentioned you take him to football games now let's be clear this is the English football games not American football so there's quite a bit in the crowd are you overly conscious or or what yeah how do you handle that it um I, I had a debate with myself whether... So recently, I actually... I, I talked to you about this, actually. Recently, I went to a Tottenham ladies game, and I've obviously been to lots of Tottenham men's games. The Tottenham ladies game felt a lot more family-friendly, a more family event for that mm. very reason. But the use yeah. of language, there wasn't any foul language. It was just, you know, families watching football. Whereas... The men's game is a lot of profanity um, and some of the stuff they shout at each other and it's just now that I've had kids I'm not saying I used to be a football lout I didn't but now that yeah. I've had kids I realize that some of the things that like Spurs fans I'm not saying it's any particular set of fans but Spurs fans used to shout at other players it's just disgusting it's just it's vile um, so I am conscious of it um, I deliberately try and sit in what's known as a family area of the ground, but it only limits it so much. Um, but yeah, it's it's not nice, and especially when there's violence as well. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because you know, when I, I used to go see local teams and non-league a lot, and obviously the crowd there is a lot, lot, lot smaller, so everything is heard, everything is understood. So you know, even me, I'd probably if if it's a bad game, you probably shout a swear word or two, but. I was always aware that when kids were there to dial that back, but then when kids were there, 
I was a lot more aware of all the profanity that's happening around yeah. me. Yeah. And it's it's funny, isn't it, that when you look through like the eyes of a kid, which is what she was trying to do, you do your instinct is to obviously want to try to protect them. So it's got to be so difficult in that world. I know you sometimes hear kids in like mid-teens who might be shouting stuff at the players as well and joining in. And you think to yourself, do you really know what that means? Like what 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 kind of you're saying? They're just yeah. repeating what they've heard the adults say. Yeah. So it you yeah. know, it it echoes down to that generation. And we grew up, and I say we, and we grew up in a generation where there was no internet. You had a watershed on TV. So before nine o'clock, there was nothing overly violent or sexual or profanity. But now, like you said, yeah, you can just pick up YouTube and watch anything or, or sorry, pick up a smartphone and, and see anything at your fingertips. This was interesting. The episode was inspired by microchip implants that they put into pets to identify them. At the time of writing, they were also being considered for children. Now, I, I can't ever recall hearing that. But Annabelle Jones, who is the executive producer, said we wanted to think what the updated version of that was and find a really good idea of how that could go terribly wrong. And I think they succeeded in that. <laughs> and critics were mostly in praise of Foster's directing style and DeWitt, who was Marie's acting, but less complimentary of the storyline and moral which was seen as simplistic, with many reviewers suggesting themes the episode could have explored in more detail. But I think everyone's going to have that complaint. Before I go on to Easter eggs and then score, is there anything else about the episode or tech? Yeah, but there's, there's two things. Uh, not necessarily on tech. There's two things. One quite light-hearted one, which I noticed, and another one which I've kind of links to the topic we've already talked about. So I'll start with that one. So you know you said about how you know, she's protecting and kind of not doing the parenting bit. And the bit I thought was kind of unsaid, which I thought was quite interesting, is she's a single mum and there's no dad around. There's no dad as, as part of this storyline. So I wondered if that played a part in her protectiveness because um, it might be the only thing that she has. Yeah. And obviously the guy that she spent the night with just seemed like a casual kind of arrangement. Once I think she said like once a week, didn't she? Or something like that. Yeah. I'll see you next yeah. week. Yeah. So I wondered if that played a part in her overprotectiveness, because I think that can yeah. happen when you don't have anyone to bounce ideas off. And for someone that is overprotective, what I found funny, and I made a note, this was the first note that I made, and it's completely irrelevant to the rest of the story, is, you know, just before she goes missing in the park when she was a kid, Yes. when Sarah was, Sarah was a kid, she climbed up the slide rather than the ladder, go up the ladder and down the slide. <laughs> And as a parent, that really frustrates me because I'm always telling my kids, don't climb up the slide, go up the ladder. And I just thought for someone that's so protective, I thought they might have echoed my thoughts on that on that matter. There we go. We're gonna add that to Wikipedia as a complaint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. overprotective, but lets a kid climb up the slide. <laughs> what you said has made me realise that I've said that she's not parenting, but she is parenting. The thing is she's overparenting, but by not parenting if you know what yeah, I mean. by doing she, it in a different way. She's doing far more than any parent would, but without actually being there. It's, it's odd. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, agreed. And the funny thing I was also thinking about is, yes, yeah, so you've got the grandfather who was old school, had the proper life. You've got the mother who's in that in-between world and maybe she's becoming obsessed with the tech. And then the daughter who's kind of grown up almost like an emotionless zombie. Yeah. Okay, Easter eggs. So I didn't see any of these other than the one I mentioned, the Men Against Fire one. So the memory recall interface in Archangel, when Marie is reviewing Sarah's memories, is similar to the entire history of you, but I think that's an obvious one. 
this one I'm I'm gutted I missed a stuffed Waldo character can be seen in Sarah's stroller when the two enter the park. I missed that. No, yeah, I completely missed that. We'll have to look I'm, at that. I'm amazed that Waldo's allowed anywhere near that, that girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even more so here, a lunchbox displaying Waldo can be seen when she takes her to the playground in a buggy. So yeah, that's cracked me up. What a hypocritical... <laughs> she probably can't see anything on it. So. Yeah, true. This one I thought was stretching it a bit, but it's probably valid. But on the refrigerator... There are magnets that say BM, and that's supposedly the show's title, Black Mirror. I saw this, but didn't pick it up as being an Easter egg. On the pharmacy that the mum goes to get the tablets, the website is www.rexpharmacy.net, and that is a web page with an image of the troll face. Or sorry, it is a web page with an image of the troll face in Shut Up and Dance. And again, this one would have been a good one to spot. Posters for... Tusk, the rapper from Hated in the Nation, and Harlech Shadow from Playtest can be seen in the teenage Sarah's bedroom. Oh, wow. Okay. I want to know. I'm fascinated by the Men Against Fire video. I want to know how that's in there. So in that world, is that a film? Is that like a film or how have they got that footage? That's what I want to know. Oh, what of the, um, the footage of the previous episode? Yeah, yeah. So when they showed that, when they're testing it out, and they showed that that footage of them, because that now I just I really want to know how they got that. So in their real, in their version of reality, is Men Against Fire like a film? Might have been a news article, mightn't it? Charlie, know, let you? us know. Let us know. Yeah. Okay. So the important thing, the score, and as always, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to eight point eight. I don't think it's as good as the ones that I've previously said is over nine, but I do think this is a thought-provoking episode. And I, I don't know if it scores higher because I've got children and it makes me think about it more. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go 8.8. 8. Right, okay. I'm giving it a nine. I really enjoyed it. And again, maybe because I don't have kids, I can look at it more objectively. Maybe it doesn't terrify me in some of the, the, the reality <laughs> of it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like... The I like you said this the thought provoking nature of it and yeah you're trying to think what else could it lead to so yeah I, yeah I'm giving it a nine I thought I thought it was good I thought it was a good episode so that is Archangel next episode again I know I say it each week but I'm going to admit you're taking the lead on it and it's called Crocodile and I have to say I don't think I ever remember hearing that <laughs> no are you sure you're watching looking at the right playlist. Uh, yep, yep, it's, de- it's definitely the right program. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we, we well, I, I look forward to hearing you review that because I don't remember it at all. So. <laughs> Anything else before we go on this? No, nothing for me. Thank you again. Okay, catch us on the next episode where it's episode four, Crocodile. If I want your opinion, I will give it. Come on, check what we've got, cause you need